0: What's up, everything? It's Saturday, September 30th, and boy, is there a lot to cover. Robbie Favre has suffered another season-ending injury. We'll have our own reactions to that, as well as the consequential huge free agent signing of Scotty Upshaw, who returns to the Blues. We'll talk about the top six in the wake of the rash of preseason injuries, then we'll discuss which players were cut during training camp, who still remains, and who we think might make the opening day roster. We've got all that and more ahead for you this week, so let's get started and let's go no blues. Welcome back everyone. It is Saturday, September 30th, as we've already said, and thank you for joining us. Sorry about the delay in recording this week. I had a bit of a family emergency, and so we were not allowed to record on Thursday. Uh, but we're back, and we are here, and we're ready. How are you doing tonight, Ian Peters? Good. The person sitting good. Out to <laughs> me. Good. Was that good enough? I uh, guess that's good. Yeah. I'm full. We had lots of barbecue earlier. That's true. That was we did tasty. we went to uh Q in the Loo, which is a barbecue festival uh that they put on around this time every year in town. And it was delicious and wonderful. We went to a couple of places not from the area because why would you go to St. Louis local places? This seems like a waste at a, of time. A waste yeah. of time for that. I mean, part. we love we love Sugar Fire Fire and Pappy's, but we can go to those anytime. Exactly. Yeah. So it was delicious. We had a lot of ribs and some other stuff and stood in line. And we I took a picture of a group of people for prom because or sorry homecoming because they asked me to. So yeah, it was. A, so, so there's that. It was a grand old <laughs> time. Uh, you know who's not having a good grand old time? Ian, it's the St. Louis. <laughs> I was just
1: gonna say Robbie Fabry alone, oh, that's but you're right. True. It's the whole team.
0: Let's do. Oh, it's there.
1: We go. Oh, uh, I don't like how we've had to play this
0: twice now. <laughs> I don't know, no, this is not bode well for the season. Yeah, um, a bit, bit of another bad week of news for the St. Louis Blues, uh, most notably the injury to Robbie Fabry, uh, who once again tore his ACL and ended his season as he did in the middle of last year. Uh, He only ended up playing in one preseason game versus the Capitals, and during that game he felt some pain in his surgically repaired knee, I think his left knee, um, an MRI confirmed that he had torn the same ACL as opposed to a different ACL in the same <laughs> knee. Um, and that will take him out for the year. So obviously this is a devastating injury for the Blues. But before we react to that, we want to just say that it's, ob- it's most devastating for Fabry himself. And we're really... You know, sorry for him mm-hmm. that he has to suffer this huge injury, this repeated injury. Before we are now analyze. You know, it's in any injury situation, you kind of have to analyze with you know taking yeah. the personal emotions out of it but you do want to extend your sympathy to him. And it's just got to be mentally excruciating. You yeah. spent
1: this whole summer getting ready for a new season and you're ready and you're jacked and you you know you just want to get in that first game and you hurt yourself and now you're going to be out even longer for an entire season. And it's it's just got to be draining. It's got to be a shock, you know, to them and you I don't know. I don't know what you do. They I read an article where I think um, I don't know who it was—it was Yo or Armstrong—someone saying that they try to involve them as much as they can in, you know, hockey life throughout the season, so you don't feel like you're, you know, ostracized or alienated from the team. Mm-hmm. But I know they said it's hard for the player because they recognize that the players that are healthy have a job to do, mm-hmm. and they kind of, you know, someone like Fabry might feel, oh, I don't want to get in the way, you know, I don't want to be, you know. A distraction or something and when really they're like oh no, no we want you to be around we want you to still feel a part of this team it's just got to be a really hard I don't know
0: line to walk yeah I'm sure it is and our you know thoughts and prayers are with him as he recovers and like you said, really deals with the emotional side of this because mm-hmm. the physical side is one thing, and it's challenging, but i I got to imagine, especially with a second one, the mental and emotional side is much harder to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I guess the sad thing to get out of the way to talk about is this is really bad for his career, in a, I mean, in a really significant way. For sure. Um It's hard to, I don't want to be too cold or too blunt, but it's hard to imagine that he has a super bright future ahead of him now with a twice torn ACL in one of his knees. Uh, This is for, you know, for St. Louis sports fans, this is going to be very reminiscent of Sam Bradford. Uh, the quarterback that the Rams drafted first overall. There's a poster of him behind you, even as we speak, Ian. But yeah, he we drafted him first overall in the, uh, I guess 2009 or so draft, yeah. 2008, and he suffered two torn ACLs and a really bright career. I mean, he's had a he's actually rebounded and had a fairly decent few years. But even this year, he's struggling with knee injuries again. So. You know, you when you re injure the same knee, especially a knee for a hockey player, it's it's hard to imagine that Fabry will have the same sort of explosiveness, the same sort of speed and quickness and mobility. Um, and again, and then you add in like you were talking about the mental aspect. Will he be able to trust? You know, even if he physically is able, mm-hmm. will he mentally be able to get out there and give it his hundred percent all the time? Players seem to say that it takes so
1: long to yeah. be able to trust that injured limb or you know part of your body. Yeah. I know Berglund when he had the first part of his shoulder surgery before said it. It just took him forever to realize he could you know lean into somebody with that shoulder for a hit because mm-hmm. he was just so afraid to re-injure it. So yeah. that could be. A, I'd say if Fabry comes back next year and plays a full season, that's still probably a full
0: season to him at like. 75 percent yeah and then you were telling me earlier about some of the research on these kind of repeated acl surgeries in terms of longevity do you mm-hmm. want to talk about that a little bit i mean i'm i'm no ligament doctor but <laughs> a ligamentitian. yeah you i don't know that what that i'm sure there's
1: a real word for probably us, but, but it's not that yeah but we don't know what it is um I think with repeated you know, I guess ACL injuries, just knee injuries in general, you can come back and have a you know a halfway decent career, but the length of it's definitely gonna be cut in half. You end up sort of I don't know, having more wear on it than a normal player would. Mm-hmm. and you normally have to end up with some sort of knee replacement down the road, and that most certainly knocks you out of any sort of professional league. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of things where they say someone this young can probably play it, you know, with proper upkeep on his knee and rehab could probably play another, I don't know, six to eight to maybe ten years, which mm-hmm. is still pretty good, but that's that's him at thirty. Yeah. Where someone like Bacchus or, you know, someone that age now is probably still gonna play five or six more years beyond that. Mm-hmm. He's looking at that being his sort of senior year, if you will.
0: Yeah, that's kind of sad to think about. And, I mean, the good news is with, you know, advancement in knee replacement surgeries and things, as opposed to, like, a head or neck injury, the quality of life for him as a human being probably isn't going to be Mm -hmm. greatly diminished by this over the rest of his lifetime, but... His hockey career is definitely drastically changed by this, and we hate to see that. I just worry about
1: another knee injury. I don't know. I'm just a pessimist, and so I think if he comes back and he's healthy, it's just I think another one might be one of those things where he's just got to stop.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. And let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, hopefully not. Come to that, Um, and let's move on now. Kind of with that more somber side of it out of the way, (laughs) what does this mean? For the blues sort of long term and then we'll talk about what does it mean for the blues immediately what do they need to do to replace Mm -hmm. him so last season when he went down i want to say around december maybe i think it was in february it was the very beginning of february Oh, wasn't even later than that okay um he went down in february uh Right, or was that oh, it was like Mikeyo's second game or something, right? Wasn't hadn't he just started? It was, I want to say it was close to that. It was really close because yeah.
1: Mikeyo made some joke, I guess, I don't know, light in the mood recently where he told Faber, I guess you just don't want to play for me,
0: <laughs> which is very, a nice <laughs> I'm sure little right? Yeah. was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, I love playing for Ken Hitchcock, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> was the pro- that was the problem, yeah, you're right. Um, no, uh, so yeah, so he went down in February last year and Obviously, this is not because they lost Robbie Favre, but what that was around the time they started to really surge mm. and play really good hockey for the first time all year, went obviously to the second round of the playoffs. So we know that, in theory, this is a team that can play well without Robbie Favre. True. Um, how big of a loss do you think this is before we look too deep at the roster for this year? And then with those injury histories in mind and, you know, the, the information we just talked about, looking forward, what does this look like for the Blues? I think immediately
1: it kind of jumbles up their jumbles up their second line for sure. Yeah. And it kind of screws with what they were thinking of for center depth. They wanted to try Shen at center, which I think is what they're going to do. And they wanted to try Fabry, and Fabry got one preseason game, and now he's out for the season. So that's that's a possible center that I'm just guessing they were leaning on or hoping to lean on. That's out already. Mm-hmm. So that's rough, because we already talked about how we think Shen is more of a right wing anyways. Mm-hmm. So our center depth is not great, The the best part not I can super. say is it's not any worse than it was uh, maybe, say, last year when it was also bad. Yeah. So it hasn't really gotten worse, worse. But it's it leaves a hole that I was hoping a young guy might be able to fill. Mm-hmm. You know, a Sam Blaze, um, a Tage Thompson maybe, possibly... Possibly, despite everything I've said thus far on the podcast. Maybe a Clem Costin. I'm still going to say probably not. So there's a bright side to the immediate future. They, mm-hmm. they could use a younger guy there. It might give someone an opportunity, uh, especially to play in the top six. Yeah. And I. it looks bad right now because Steen is out for a little while. Berglund's out you know, until December. Samford's gone, so he's not someone we can rely on to fill in for
0: Fabry. So currently, it doesn't look great. Honest to God, I forgot about the Samford. Yeah. In all of this, I had completely forgotten yeah. about him. But
1: when Steen comes back, and we'll, you know, burglar in December, it definitely lightens the load. Mm. You know, Fabry's out that stinks, but you get some fresh bodies back, some veteran guys, too. I mean, like we said, Steen might be back, you know, the week after we start. Yeah. So that's what I see in the immediate future. It's nothing terrible. Like I said, I might give a younger guy an opportunity, but it's it makes our lineup look a little rough around the edges.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you were talking about earlier, and I think you were kind of right. You know, we drafted Fabry twenty first overall in the two thousand and fourteen NHL Entry Draft, and then our second pick that year was. Um, I think, was, it, was, I think Ivan it was Barbashev. Barbashev. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I had a brain fart because I was looking up who else got drafted around there. Um, looking at this worst-case scenario, just for the mm-hmm. sake of argumentation, let's say Robbie Fabry's career is functionally over mm-hmm. now. Uh, it's kind of as if that draft started with Ivan Barbashev, which is something you said earlier. Yeah, which is okay. And that, um, but, yeah, yeah, that just that just kind of. <laughs> I mean, I was it's like there's no way about lose, it. It just stinks. You lose a major prospect. I honestly said, and I think I may have said this in an earlier podcasts. I love Robbie Fabry. I think Blues fans tended to get a little too hyped about him, and maybe put him a little higher than his ceiling actually was. I think he was a pretty good top six forward. I don't think he was ever going to project as like a legit, constant first-line mm. option. Um, with that said, you don't want to lose very young yeah. potential top-six forwards. Uh, I was just looking at some of the guys that got drafted immediately after... Fabry, and there was Casper Kapanen and David Pasternak Kapanen, and Nikita Sherbeck. Kapanen,
1: I've seen as a name pop up just on forums and stuff. So there's no, you know, uh-huh. professional connection. But as a player that it's kind of fighting for a roster spot in Toronto. Yeah, that definitely deserves to be on a start like a, the starting lineup of a team uh-huh. that the Blues might want to look at. It might cost them a little more than they want to for somewhat of an unproven entity. But be anyways. Kind of, it'd
0: be kind of great though, in a way, if we lost Fabry and then traded for the guy who came <laughs> to right the draft. Him. Um, Josh Hosang also went that year. And ironically, two after Ravi Fabry was Connor Bleakley, who of course the blues now have anyway. So Redrafted. maybe he gets a stop. <laughs> yeah. <Darn> um, it. <laughs> yeah, no, not happening. But yeah, so I don't think because because of all the depth we've been talking about for ages, I don't think the Blues are devastated long term or short term. Um, you were talking about just as a St. Louis connection, the the death of Oscar Tavares, uh, who, for those of you who don't know, was the St. Louis Cardinals' top outfield prospect. One of, I think, he was the top prospect in baseball, uh, and he got a. half a season or so in the big leagues under his belt and he looked pretty good and you saw flashes of brilliance Mm -hmm. and you got really excited for the next season and then unfortunately I mean tragically he died in a car accident Mm -hmm. and that is still I mean you still see ramifications of that in the Blues or in the Cardinals' system because they made a panic trade to replace him, got Jason Hayward, who then left him free agency, and now their outfield's kind of a mess. So, like, it's still shaking their yeah, system. Yeah, it affected them. I don't know that that's going to be the case with—I mean, to some extent it will be, but I don't think on that level with Fabry. But it really sucks. I mean, it sucks for Fabry most of all. Mm-hmm. It sucks for the team. Um, it is a blessing that they have drafted so well and have so much depth. Yeah, and he could still come back next yeah, year. Yeah, and That's we are kind of talking doom and gloom. Maybe he comes back next year. And maybe he's great. Mm-hmm. That's just There's probably a smaller ceiling. And I you think, don't know and you can't guarantee it. You can I think the Blues yeah. have to behave as if. That's just gravy. Like, they cannot, mm. under any circumstances, plan around, like they did this season, make plans around F- Fabry being back, being a consistent. Yeah, he's definitely player, just a 60-point yeah. guy, 50, 60-point guy. He's icing on the cake. Yeah, you exactly. Can't, yeah. Um, so... And then this the other interesting thing is I think this is a contract year for Fabry. That is so the smallest silver lining to this whole thing
1: is that and I'm guessing it would just be a one year, maybe a yeah, two year sort of thing. But you're getting them for under you you're a getting them yeah. for guaranteed under three. You yeah. might be super nice and give him like two point two because yeah. you're a cool kid. Yeah, <laughs> you know? uh, sorry for all the trouble, but yeah, there's so it's cheap. That's great, and if he turns out to be you know as good as he was as rookie or something, fantastic. But like you said, yeah, that's. So unknown, they might as well treat him like someone you just drafted and never saw
0: play. Right. So in the immediate, so I'm talking about refa- replacing Fabry, in the immediate aftermath of this injury, the Blues went out and made a uh, earth-shattering, free hey agent signing, uh, <laughs> breaking news sort of signing, and brought back Scotty Upshaw. So this is interesting because Scotty Upshaw was still actively on a PTO with Vancouver Mm -hmm. um, and they'd gone and played in China and he'd been a part of that team. Oh, I forgot all about Uh, that game. And then we brought him in and now he is currently on a PTO with... Mm -hmm. So I tried to confirm with some some people and just look it up, and I couldn't actually get an answer. But my gut is that when someone's on a PTO, for those of you who don't know, a PTO is a professional tryout, and it's typically used as kind of the last resort for veteran sort of fringe players to get a shot at the NHL. The benefit for the club is that they pay this guy almost no money, probably a little money, but Mm -hmm. there's no commitment It's literally a tryout, and you play with the team during camp to be an extra body, to be an extra voice for young people, and if you impress... You can the team can sign you to a contract. And that's how Scotty Upshaw ended up as a Blue originally, uh, two years ago, I think, right? When yeah. When he did that. Um, now he was on a PTO with Vancouver, and my gut was, well, if they're on a PTO, there's no commitment either way, so he can sign with another club. It's kind of surprising then that he signed a PTO with us and not a full contract, Mm -hmm. but it's expected that a deal will be done. I think I read somewhere, yeah. I assume it'll be a one year deal for around a million dollars. I think I read somewhere you can't,
1: he couldn't come here until he was released from Vancouver. Okay. Because it was, PTO is like. Mildly binding yeah, it was like this the lightest binding contract possible, but yeah, you can't just like get up and sign until Vancouver releases you. So I guess that's what they're waiting for and why. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford and a few other people tweeted, he's expected to sign, and so that's why it's even weirder yeah. that he's on a PTO here. But like you said, he's supposed to sign.
0: I'm guessing it's going to be tomorrow or Monday, mm-hmm. I'm sure. So my gut reaction to this is this is absolutely not a Ravi Fabri replacement. No. God, and God no, please. <laughs> if under any circumstances Doug Armstrong is... Looking at this as that, which I really doubt he is. I don't think so, yeah. It's a major problem. This is a character ad. It's a depth ad. I mean, it's, it is a reaction in some sense to the cumulative mounting amount of injuries mm. that the boys have suffered. Because it's like, oh, crud, we don't have like any veteran presence pretty much at all. And Doug Armstrong loves to work with people he knows. Obviously, he knows Scotty Armstrong because he's played here the last two years. Um And I have really weird mixed emotions with this signing because I had spent kind of all off-season really kind of thinking, why are we not bringing back Upshaw? Like, he was really fine on our fourth line character all guy. season. He was a good character. He was really likable. Mm-hmm. He's got his weird indie music fixation. <laughs> um, he's fun follow on Instagram. I was just like, he's a cool guy. Bring yeah, him back. Yeah. And now that they brought him back in the immediate aftermath of the Robbie Favre thing, I'm like, okay. <laughs> why, why, why is Scotty
1: Upshaw back? Yeah,
0: and I'm like... Uh, again, he's fine. He's a great depth add. I've got nothing against him. But I think a big part of why I was kind of taken aback was that Doug Armstrong dropped the Jaeger bomb. Jaeger bomb, excuse me. <laughs> on, uh, I was meant to make a joke, and then I just didn't quite make the joke. The Jaeger <laughs> bomb on us, uh, specifically mentioning Yarmir Jager as a potential guy they were looking at. Um, he made it sound
1: though like he was just trying to be nice yeah. I mean I'm sure they did look at him but I, right. at no point did he seem like we're going
0: to do this but the name started to circulate and we have talked about Yager several times it's like why would the Blues not look at this guy sort of thing um part of the problem with Yager is he, we're up against the cap and people think he'd want over a million dollars to play but that doesn't make a lot of sense to me because he's not playing for anybody right now in any case um I think that's part of the reason Upshaw was kind of a letdown. But do you think, what do you think about the Upshaw signing? The
1: Upshaw signing is weird to me for one reason, like you would mentioned, that it just seems kind of odd at the end of here. It's probably because of all the injuries they want to put somebody in that's a veteran presence. I get a weird feeling sometimes, and I'm, it's a Doug Armstrong signing. He's the one that wants this. I get a little gun-shy with Mike Yo sometimes with veteran players because I lived in Minnesota for a while, and so I paid attention to the Wild a little more closely than maybe like other Blues fans, I guess. But it was somewhat widely reported towards the end of his tenure that he really liked to favor veteran guys, which I know you could say like a lot well, that's like every coach. And, Mike
0: Murphy. yeah, <laughs>
1: And you'd be right. And I and I get the idea behind it too. It's a guy that's been there and he's done that. So you don't have to worry about what's gonna happen. And this isn't really this is more of a tangent of just Scotty Upshaw. But i just wonder if Mike Yo wants this too. Wants more of a veteran lineup as a little gunshot of putting, you know. Both a Sam Blaze and a Tage Thompson in, which I can't, like I said, really fault them for because yeah. they're unproven. They're younger guys. But I think the weird thing was signing up Shaw earlier in the season before the injuries made sense because it was like, well, he was part of our team. He binded our team together. He's a great PKer. And then we got all these young guys that kind of impressed, and then we signed up Shaw. And it's kind of like, do you, which direction do you want to go? We have so many bottom six bodies, just so many. (laughs) (laughs) And we got another one who, no offense to Upshaw because I really like him, but it just seems like, couldn't we toss someone else down there? Yeah. Couldn't Oscar Sundquist get more time? I don't know. Yeah. We don't have the inner workings. We don't know what's going on in the locker room or anything. And I like Scotty Upshaw, and he can prove me wrong and score all his shorthanded goals he wants. He's a great <laughs> celebrator. I love when he scores because it's like he, he celebrates like it's his first goal ever. Yeah. So it's fantastic. But I I feel like I personally sort of committed for the Blues in my head. Like I'm committed to the young kids now. Yeah. I want to see this happen. And then we signed Upshaw, and I was kind of like, is
0: this not happening anymore? Mm-hmm. I agree. I think as long as Upshaw kind of plays his role and sits on the fourth line and, like you said, does his shorthanded stuff, does his penalty kill stuff, which he was really good at, um, great. I'm fine with this signing. I like him a lot. If he starts to sneak up to that third line and play – any PowerPoint minutes and takes time he did away. Last year. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. And takes time away from younger guys who, because the the problem with Upshaw is even if his talent right now is higher than Sammy Boy, which maybe it is, I don't mm-hmm. know. You don't want you don't want to groom Scotty Upshaw for anything, right? Yeah, like he's is gotta, what he. Is. At some point, if you want to see what you have in Sammy Boy, you need to just let them play yeah so I saw a uh tweet on the tweeter uh, (laughs) that was talking about hey you know if if Upshaw gets some of that power play time like Fabry got and you know averages however many minutes a night on the ice do you think he can score 16 or 20 goals because he scored 10 last year and it was like no on two fronts first of all Please, God, don't let him get that much time. Mm -hmm. And secondly, no, I don't think he has the skill to do that. I think 10 was the anomaly more than...
1: Yeah, I'm not penciling him in for double-digit goals ever.
0: Um, And 10 goals, 8 assists. Like, any time you have more goals than assists, unless you're like Vladimir Tarasenko, Mm -hmm. it's like a weird number, (laughs) you know. Um, But, yeah, I just... I don't see... I don't want to see him take away time from younger players, and if he does, that's going to be kind of a question mark about Yo, like mm-hmm. you said, going forward. Um, do we need to do more than this if we want to really be a competitive team this season? Are and we like okay, or
1: <laughs> we're definitely okay? Yeah, I don't think Are this team. Better
0: than okay?
1: I don't think this team is bad. Yeah, if you got Vladimir Tarasenko on your team. I don't know. You can't be bad. Yeah, I mean, plus,
0: uh, like Petrangelo yeah, and well, Allen, and, and that's yeah. the
1: thing. We we're kind of harping on this team, but Jaden Schwartz exists and is a good <laughs> player. False <laughs> Stanley's still do. alive yeah. for now, um,
0: and, and then, I think
1: we're fine. But it's one of those things where the Blues are always fine, and not that I think this is like the Blues year to win the cup or anything. Mm-hmm. But we need something. We lost a top six, and we can't rotate in a bunch of. Bottom line players and be, like, you know, yeah. score by committee by tossing different dudes at that left wing second right. line, you know, I, spot. Sorry,
0: I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're you fine. I think, on the one hand, I think where people are kind of overreacting because I think Steen will be back, like, mm-hmm. by November at the latest. Oh same yeah. Same with Bowmeester. But on the so, you know, the injury, the rash of injury, so to speak, isn't as bad as maybe people kind of make it out to be. But on the flip side of that coin, Fabry's now out for the year for sure. Mm. Uh, realistically, Stanford's out for the year or very close to He's it. He was going to get spot duty, anyways. Bergwind so yeah. is out half the year. Um. We were saying back, you know, after the draft, kind of looking at when the lineup started to settle after free agency, we were saying then this team feels like it's one top six forward away from great. Yeah, and that's when we were healthy, yeah. And that's when we were healthy and had a margin. Now there's no margin. Now we're like, I do think we're one injury to a Stastny or a Tarasenko or a St- uh, Schwartz away from like, no, oh, crap. I, like, near, I don't think
1: you're off the company line because uh, when Armstrong and Fabry did their did a little press conference, Armstrong basically said, I think word for word, that if they're one injury away from not being in a, in a good spot at all. Yeah.
0: So I'm I did not even hear that, so I'm glad that I'm right. No, yeah. <laughs> You're right in his head. So what I guess what's the move? And knowing Doug Armstrong, the move right now is nothing. So no. what happens? See Blues
1: fans should yeah, it's the be... guys get
0: healthy and that's kind of fine. You don't mm-hmm. need to make a panic Maybe,
1: move. Maybe yeah. you win five your first five in a row, all of
0: a sudden everyone goes, You know what? Not such a bad deal. Right. Um Maybe a guy like Blay or even Acosta or somebody just explodes kind of the way Fabry did two years ago. 20 goal season. When Fabry was getting kind of his nine game tryout, and then they were like, oh, yeah, well, this guy obviously is staying. Um, If that doesn't happen, I hope, and I don't expect, (laughs) but but I do hope that Doug Armstrong isn't passive on a trade. And I looked up. some of the top trade candidates for this year mm-hmm. going into the trade deadline. So most of these guys are on one year deals or rentals, so to speak. Uh, the names that kind of sort of fit So they should be cheaper. Right. Okay. Right. The gotcha. names that sort of fit for us gross the the first one, the first one's just a gross name to say. <laughs> Folks, he's so me. Me. <laughs> but it's James Neal. Is oh, that's I don't want terrible. I don't really want like you know dropping elbows James Neal on our team but he'd be a good fit like he'd be a top six-ish mm-hmm. forward scoring depth um the, another one that's really interesting to me is James Van, Van Reemstijk who I think is on the last year of his deal finally I but is also so. just does not have a place in Toronto really the only, yeah, and he's a very talented player still as nearly as anyone can tell um I think either of those guys, if you can get them cheap, and I think both of those guys you could see being traded pretty early, because the earlier you trade for them, the more value they should command. Mm-hmm. Unless the Knights have like a first, you know win eight out of their first ten, they are going to assume. they're yeah, I feel like done Vegas. Year and you assume they kind of drafted Neal mm-hmm. to trade him. That's kind of why they have Piran probably. Yeah. Most teams. And that's another yeah. name we could look at is trading to get Perron back theoretically, but like I'm not paying a lot. No, but I'm talking about depth. You know, mm. there are different levels of this. Um, I think Vegas is a good team to try and trade
1: with because most teams are kind of setting their roster. They know what they have, and they're not really in the market to be moving around and making trades. Because mm-hmm. you said like Armstrong, he's going to stay pat and see what happens. But Vegas of any team, I think that trade door. For them, wide
0: open. It's all just the time. wide open yeah. the whole season. Mm-hmm. I agree. They're trying to build for the future. They're mm. not expecting. This James to be Neal's is interesting. That's not one I thought about at all. Yes, yeah. that one's interesting. You don't really want it, but <laughs> it would be kind of good. Like it mm. fits. It does make sense. And then another interesting name on this list. Uh, was Gabriel Landeskog, which he is not on the last year of his deal by any means. And in fact, I think most people think he's being overpaid for the next few years. But he does have that kind of leadership. I mean, he's been their captain for a few years. He's a big-body wing player. He's a lot like Bacchus in that I'll Say respect. He's like a Swedish
1: Bacchus. Um,
0: yeah. And then, of course, the big fish out there still somehow still with the avalanches, Matt Duchesne, who we've talked about plenty. No reason to rehash that. That just never. I s- think it makes a lot of sense, but Doug Armstrong seems to have zero interest it, in him. So it does, but I also think Sackic is like still shooting for the well, moon. Well, yeah, Sackic's expectations are way too high. Um, to-
1: Sackick, yeah, he only Sackic only thinks the trade is going to be. One he makes if he can bend somebody over.
0: Yeah, and he can't. Obviously, that's why because I mean. it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. my voice cracks into the stratosphere. He can't. hurt. No. Um, yeah. You're right though. There's no way he's trying
1: too hard for something that's not going to happen.
0: Eventually, okay. I was talking with our resident Blues uh, ABS correspondent Jordan the other uh, the other day about this because uh, after the Fabry injury, I was like, man, this really makes sense for Duchesne, and I was explaining to him. And he basically agreed that I think Joel Edmondson is a really good trade chip. I think we're good trade partners because we have so much depth on D and mm. the Abs are so desperate for D. And I think Joel Edmondson makes a lot of sense because while he is a limited as a second-line guy here as long as Bowie and Petro, well, they were talking about him and Petro. Did you, Start did you stop a sneeze right there? Is no, there I'm heaven? good. Okay. <laughs> um, but he's he's kind of blocked right behind Petro and Pareko. at least he's sort of our third defenseman you at least in, well, he plays on the left side right but in terms of perspective like in terms of looking at the value Just, of our defense okay, yeah yeah um correct he would immediately be their top pairing defenseman alongside of Eric Johnson no question mm-hmm. if Um, if we were to trade him over there. So we're kind of trading from our depth to give them a desperate need. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's no... (laughs) I don't want to overemphasize it, but and I'm not trying to just crap on the abs, but there's Mm -hmm. no doubt that he would be their uh, top-line left-handed defenseman next to Johnson, who's been really good there. Mm -hmm. And obviously, there I mean, it wasn't Sackick when they made the last trade, but there was obviously the Shattenkirk trade that happened with... Um, Colorado but the point of all of this was to say that when I told Jordan that he was like yeah that makes a lot of sense but knowing Sackick he'll want like Mm -hmm. Edmondson uh, Sundquist and a pick and I was like yeah so that's why it's not happening and that is why it's not happening. I mean, the reality is Sackick's ex- expectations are way too high. It's well known that they were offered Travis Simonic for Duchesne in the summer and they turned it down. Um, Travis Simonic and I think like a pick or something. Mm-hmm. And
1: who they traded to Calgary and they yeah. got a boatload for him. Yeah. More than what Duchesne is the, worth, or the
0: same worth like that's basically, yeah. picks or something. Yeah, like. they
1: got something nuts.
0: The point of this is, And and I think this is a weekly theme of our podcast. Joe Sackick's really bad at his job. He's just terrible. Matt Duchesne should not still be there. It's just miserable for the fans and for Duchesne and for everyone involved that he is still there. It is so well known that he wants Mm. out, that the team wants him out, that he belongs elsewhere, and he's just going to be there. I mean, Mm. I just don't see this changing. I think realistically
1: for us to grab him off of
0: the avalanche
1: Hey, like kind of like Jordan was saying, Sakic's going to want something more than that, which I think is possibly okay. It just depends I on what it is. I could see like
0: Edmondson plus one thing.
1: The big difference is they're going to have to either eat some salary, retain some, or we're going to have to trade salary back because yeah, he's right, making right. six mil. Yeah, obviously,
0: um, so all of that would have mm. to work out. Uh, I don't see a trade happening immediately. I really want Neither one all of us all. I mean, we always as fans we always want trade. It's exciting things. <laughs> but you do you do really wonder if they're if the Blues are a lot weaker than they were last year or special. I mean, especially 2 years ago if we're looking at like our best team in recent memory. Um, or if they're some weaker and we're going to kind of talk about that towards the end of the episode today. Uh let's move on now to talking about kind of who's been moving in training camp. We're not going to do a whole breakdown of the preseason games this week like we did last week cuz there are too many and there's too much stuff going on. Yeah. Um we're just trying to race towards the regular season. Right, which is almost here. Uh but so some of the players that have been waived and moved uh, the most recently Chris Butler Bo Bennett and Pateri Lindbohm all cleared waivers and are all with AHL teams I'm not sure which one is with whom I think, I I know think Chris they're butler's, all
1: in Chicago maybe, I think but Chris Butler is in San Antonio so which I might say something um, <laughs> I think it's the shock to me is Chris Butler is our Chris Butler <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked that Bo Bennett Got sent
0: down. I'm glad Uh he got sent down, but I'm shocked. Yeah. We were really certain, Bovin. it was like third line right wing. Uh, Robert Thomas has signed an entry-level contract. He has also been sent to the juniors. So I don't think that entry-level contract kicks in immediately. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had a really great camp. I don't think it's in the fabric of doug armstrong's entire makeup to ever give an 18 year old kid a shot unless he was drafted in the top five and it's probably appropriate mm-hmm. i'm not trying to say thomas deserved one you could always give in the nine games and see mm-hmm. especially with the injuries i don't blame I've, him for that i've seen people projecting robert thomas
1: as a possible i mean just the fabry projection that he comes in and he might win a spot on this team next mm-hmm. year as early as next year that. Uh, he's going to be on the London Knights, which is like a perennial, amazing team teams, in the yeah. OHL. And he's going to have a, a big role there. So Amazing.
0: I love it. Um, Bleakley and McKirchen are sent to the Wolves. And Musel, Schmaltz, Vanelli, and Huso are sent to San Antonio. The rampage—is that correct? Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> uh, Jordan Cairo was also sent to the juniors. Uh, as, as in case you are unaware, uh, when you're under 20 years old, right? Or is it 21? 19 or
1: 20, and it's um, a specific date. You know when you were yeah, born.
0: you are eligible to return to a junior hockey team in Canada one of the three major junior hockey leagues, and that doesn't affect your entry-level contract in the same way that it would if you were in the AHL. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're young, obviously, if you're young enough to go to juniors, you're going to go to juniors because that makes more sense for the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, barring something like Coston might not go to juniors if they really think he's like close to being up.
1: Well, I don't think Costin even has Well, he might have a junior team assigned to him, but he's right. for sure
0: AHL. Yeah, right. But that's partially because he's an international signing. Exactly. So, with that in mind, the players that are of the young players that are still with the club are Vince Dunn, Tage Thompson, Clem Costin, Jake Wallman, Wade Megan, and Sammy Blaze. Which I just want to say Blaze. So I'm just going to start <laughs> saying Blaze. We know that it's Samuel Blaze, which is the proper French Canadian pronunciation. We just don't <laughs> how, care. how many games into
1: the regular season until we cave Because I know I will. To saying Blay? To or? saying Blay. When we oh, just yeah. hear Darren Pang and John Kelly say enough, you go, all right, fine, I'll say Blay. I'm
0: thinking like fine. two, <laughs> over under like 3.5, but I'm guessing two. I'm thinking week after next, we're saying yeah. Blay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, let's start with that group. Uh, well, actually, let's start with the players who have been sent down. Where are you surprised? Who are you surprised to see sent down? You mentioned Bennett. Yeah, I
1: think that's a good name. We went over Bennett because he just seemed like he's played enough in the NHL. We kind of went over the whole yo thing. He's he's not really a veteran, but he's been around long enough, but he's also injury prone. Um, it was just weird because it seemed like they signed him the way they signed him a free agent. You know, It wasn't a PTO or anything either. Mm-hmm. They, I thought maybe they were thinking he'd stick in the, the lineup or at least be a scratch. That's what's even more amazing is that they're not even going to be like, ah, you'll be our scratch guy. Yeah, They just sent him down. Um, Schmaltz is kind of weird. That's the one I'm really surprised he by. He plays the right side, so I get it's a little backed up on that side more than the left. But you would think if he's good enough, they'd just shove him on the le- You know, you go on the left. Or you take a veteran guy and go, you know, Bortuzzo, you can play left, you mm-hmm. know. So I don't know if you just, if Dunn and Wallman are just that much more thought of than him, it's, I guess.
0: It's almost like we have a depth at defensemen from which we could potentially trade. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but we won't. Uh, the two guys in juniors we already talked about, that makes sense why they're going there. They're both pretty high prospects. And I think there was some chatter about, oh, Kyrie really impressed last year. Maybe he'll come back and make the team this year, but he's still tiny. He still could be our Tyratty, like we talked about. Yeah. He's going to be the captain of his junior team, you said. Yeah, Sarnia. Sarnia's That's exciting. Um, I think he'll be a, just a bit of a longer project. Yeah, and that's fine. Uh the players that are still here, what do you think about the guys that are left? Again, it's Dunn Thompson, Coston, Walman, Megan and Blaze. <laughs> well speaking of that,
1: I think they say Wade Megan, which is even weirder to okay, me. Yeah, sorry, I keep uh, saying Megan. My apologies. No, Megan is just it should be Megan.
0: <laughs> I knew it was Megan and I was just rebelling again.
1: Um I, they all make sense to me. I think if we hadn't if you and I hadn't looked at anything about Blaze we would be like, oh my God, who is this? Yeah. You know, this is not the person that was supposed to be on the radar at all. But everyone else seems to make sense. I honestly thought maybe they would put Clem Coston down already. Mm-hmm. Even Tage Thompson. It seems like the other two defensemen, I understand why Wallman and Dunn are there because they've talked about him enough. Yeah. Uh, the forwards are just a little interesting. I think they should be there. I just didn't know that they impressed that well, which is nice to see.
0: I am way too hyped about Sammy boys. I really <laughs> am. I'm so psyched for anything, this
1: game. Anything less than 20 goals this year and you're <laughs> going to have his head. I just head. think like
0: it's... It, it, you look at some guys hmm. and you see... You know Colton Perego as an example. He was drafted in the fourth round, right? Mm-hmm. You don't really know why because you look at him now and it's like, why, why did this guy yeah. get missed? I mean, the answer with him is he played in the middle of nowhere and nobody saw him. That's the best answer, right? But I think when they scouted him too, he was all like five ten. Yeah, yeah. But this is with Blake, similarly to that. Um. We drafted him in the sixth round at like I forget the exact numbers, but like what? five nine one eighty five, and now he's something like six two two thirty five or something like that. Yeah, something. Ridiculous. I mean, he's hulked up massively, and so there's like this visible representation, if nothing else, of like because sixth rounders you don't expect 6 rounders to ever make. Any, yeah, like an impact at all in the NHL. you just throwing dice into the pit. <laughs> so, like, there's this visible, like, traceable reason of, like, why could this guy become an impact player having been in the sixth round, having been drafted mm-hmm. in the sixth round. He's looked great in camp. He looked great last year in camp. He was one of the last cuts last year, and people were singing his praises all year. Um I'm just excited for him i don't know i'm just I'm pretty psyched to see what he can do. I think he's gonna get an opportunity. He's been playing a lot on the second line mm-hmm. and uh, granted, preseason rosters are always weird where it's like a second line of him and Soboka and Coston or something. but like there's some trust in this guy. I think of these five players other than wallman. I think he's the most likely to stay with the team. I just I think agree. F- on the one hand, I think while he's shown a lot, I think it's kind of like okay, now we have to see what we have in him, and maybe we have nothing. But like, we're not going to send him down again. No. after another great camp, because he's just not going to have any hope left. You know, I'm just psyched about him. Costen, I still, I mean, with the injuries, I would still be really surprised if he's playing opening day. It just almost feels like a rule. It just feels like you
1: can defy it, but it just feels like he's been over here for... At half a year at best, you know, in North America, he just mm. has to play one full season in the AHL yeah. for me yeah. just to acclimate himself. And maybe he just blasts off in the AHL. We can bring him up, yeah, because it's allowed, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. part of it. But it's, I, yeah, I
0: just want to give him a little more time. The only thing I feel like giving him a borderline chance is the injury situation. I mean, mm. if if Samford,
1: I wouldn't be upset
0: at no, all. No, I, I, I and I feel like I say this every yeah. time because we kind of we are, we're always talking down Coston mm-hmm. but well, the only because, reason yeah. we do that is because he's so hyped with good reason mm-hmm. he's an incredible prospect we absolutely stole him in the draft so we're just as excited and in love with Coston and desperately want him to succeed yeah. as anyone else our perspective is more just to say kind of pump the brakes mm-hmm realize that he's an 18 year old who played didn't play last season mm-hmm. and is coming to a, a very different game In North America, let's just not expect the world of him week one. You know, we just think the path to that ceiling is in the AHL for a little while. Right. With that said, he's played great Mm -hmm. in in camp and in preseason. He's putting the body on people. He's playing really physical. He got in a fight. He got in a fight with somebody in the same game. He made a massive check. I mean,
1: the the sky, the sky
0: really might be the limit for this guy. We could be looking. We could really, and I'm not trying to like. We could not be right. But get on we that could be looking back that in ten years at this as like the pick that really changed the Blues. You know, to get this guy in the 31st round, 31st round. That'd be really impressive in the 31st overall. Those are the kind of picks. As great as it is is to draft Connor McDavid, I mean, that's obviously a franchise-changing pick. As great as it is to draft Jonathan Taves, like, third or fourth, or Mm -hmm. wherever he went. When you can get a top-of-the-line player in the bottom of the first round, that's the kind of thing that really changes your Mm -hmm. future. But I still think he's got (laughs) some time in the AHL
1: ahead of him. There's yeah. lots of great players, not that I can name any currently, but lots of <laughs> just really great players I know that just take a little while. And this yeah. isn't even that long. We're asking for one year, yeah. His first year ever to be in the AHL. Mm-hmm.
0: That's almost everybody. Yeah, exactly. That's not... This is no, yeah, this is no sort of... That wouldn't be... I mean, Jesse Yarvey did that last Mm -hmm. year, right? He didn't play... With his big old shocked face. Uh, (laughs) He didn't play much of the first year in, in Edmonton. So we're not saying a lot. Look, we can all get on that train, but just slowly. Yeah, exactly. So with that in mind, let's talk about tonight's... Really ugly preseason roster. Yeah, this is what JR reported Uh, on. JR tweeted out, and he even said something like tonight's lineup is pretty telling for where the Blues are at. Uh, we had Schwartz, Stastny, Tarasenko, very normal line to start it off. And <laughs> following them up was Shen centering Sobotka and Blay, which is that's all right, a little Chimera-ish, a little weird, but not like. I, mm. I still don't understand why Sobotka, especially now that Fabry's hurt, isn't playing well, center.
1: to speak to that line real quick, though, too, the weird thing about that line is Shen we didn't have before. Mm. He's got an NHL background, but we don't really know what he is for us. Yeah. So a question mark. Sobotka just came back. But, you know, a question mark. And then, play who's never played an NHL game. So it's like that line could be great. You just have zero idea.
0: Right. And an interesting point you made earlier, and I think rightfully so. I think Braden Shin's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle of this preseason, Mm -hmm. of like he was the hot, big addition in the summer. And now it's just kind of like, okay, he's here. Like, you're just penciling him yeah, in. It's, and it's like, of like,
1: course, Braden is Nobody's
0: really watching him or, like, here's what he's looking like with his line mates mm. or whatever. So it'll be interesting to follow him as the season really kicks off. Um, the third line, this is where it starts to go off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Dimitri Askin. Yeah. Ivan Barbashev, fine-ish, oh, that's, yeah. and uh, Kyle Brodziak, a natural third-line right wing. It's funny because we could just talk a about y- choice. <laughs>
1: we could just talk about Yaskin being on the third line, but then when you end it with Brodziak, there, it's like everything else fades away, yeah. and you're like, wait a second, let's talk about Brodziak. This is a problem.
0: And then uh, on the final line. Um, he had written Upshaw slash Coston, so I don't know if he was uncertain or if they might just be rotating. Upshaw was maybe not getting there yet, or yeah, maybe there's some weird preseason rule. I'm not sure about uh, Wade Meg- Megan Megan. I can't say I'm never going to say it right. <laughs> That's fine. Wade <laughs> Meegan uh, and Chris Thorburn on the right, which is fine. Is it Chris Thorburn. Yeah, yes. no. <laughs> I want to say Tyler Thorburn, but that's somebody else. Tyler Thorburn. Anyway, <laughs> that's just a that's a weird that's a line that's a line. Right I there.
1: like that up, that Upshaw Brodziak Reeves line. It's just so nice to see, and it's mm-hmm. just like sort of you know bookends your whole lineup, and now this weird
0: mess of a fourth line. I's like what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Upshaw Brodziak Thorburn is fine, but it's Put- not the same.
1: I really, I, we haven't seen Megan play all that much, just period, even mm-hmm. last year. Um, he's supposed to look good in the preseason. I'd rather have him on the right wing
0: on the oh, third yeah. line and Brodziak oh, yeah. centering the fourth line. I agree yeah. 100%. I also wonder if that's kind of that veteran thing you're talking about mm-hmm. with Yale. I've also read some stuff about Yaskin having a good preseason so Mm -hmm. if he's looked as good as
1: people have said i'm okay with him on the third line he's an all right he's a good possession player
0: he just doesn't really convert to points as much as we've said this about i don't know 17 different people this year (laughs) more than anyone else on this team i think it's make or break for dimitri Askin this year like this is really the year (laughs) he either emerges or we just move on like just get Yeah, we we've got yeah. enough bodies. Also, uh Magnus Payarby I think still exists. I think he, he still plays for this yeah. team. I forget who the other scratch must have been uh, then. Tage Thompson is Sunquist? Sunquist. Sunquist still plays for this team. Tage Thompson isn't in this lineup, so yeah. that one at least I'm like, okay, they're just gonna
1: put him in the HL, yeah. I guess.
0: Um then he didn't give full defensive pairings, but he did mention Gunnarsson was playing with Pareco and Dunn was playing with Bortizo, both of which are odd, I feel like. But I think Dunn might make this team overwhelming. You think he's ready or handedness or why do you Well think they're they're both lefties. Or yeah, they're both I left knew side. That. I knew. I knew <laughs> that. <laughs> you idiot.
1: <laughs> but um just from observations people have had, and from the few little bits of games I've watched, done has looked maybe a little more poised. Uh-huh. There's something about when he overextends the offensive zone, it seems slightly more forgivable. I feel like I've seen Wallman just get walked more in the neutral zone, where I'm like, oh man, this is <laughs> I was like yikes. Uh-huh. And that's you know nothing against Wallman. You're young and you're playing your, you know against other real NHL players that aren't on your team for the first time. Mm-hmm. But Dunn looks maybe like he's yeah just a little more poised, a little more ready.
0: Both of these guys have been very hyped, and mm-hmm. so and they're both close. So if it's one or the other, it wouldn't be a sh- shock yeah. either way. And I they're for like.
1: sure sending whoever they keep up. They're sending the other guy down. The other dude is not the seventh defenseman. That's yeah. a, that's Nate Prosser's role. Right. Yes. You want
0: <laughs> the new Chris <laughs> Butler.
1: You want your other young you know, a highly touted prospect
0: defenseman to be playing top minutes, you know, in Chicago or San Antonio. Yeah, Uh, so moving on from that, we've got a couple more things to discuss before we close out. Uh, We're just going to kind of do an adjusted season predictions very (laughs) quickly. We talked about this in our Central Division podcast. How much do you think just gut reaction things have changed now with the injuries? And we've talked about this a lot, but just sort of like, Is it really bad? Is it kind of bad? Is it not that bad? This team was already a light question mark for me, Mm -hmm. and now it's just like a big fat question mark. Yeah, I have no idea. So the way we decided to... Do this is we're just going to do an over under sort of thing where we name each team alphabetically, and we talk about where do they fall in this division. So first team is easy; it's the Avalanche. We're both going to say over, over, right? Like, yeah. we can, no offense to the Avalanche, but we're going to like be better than them. Second team, I feel like pretty easy. The Blackhawks. I'm going under. I'll say I'll say we're under the Blackhawks. Just.
1: Historically, yeah, right. they could be worse this year. kind of question
0: mark too, but you never know. I feel like this is kind of the most telling one. The Jets. See, I never know <laughs> what the Jets either. talked gonna about. I'm going to go uh, with under. I'm worried. We finish under the Jets. I'm worried that it's under. And I think this is kind of, I mean, this is why it's hard mm-hmm. is I think that's like the kind of the line, if you will, of like, well, if we're under them, we're in bad shape. And if we're over them, we're in good shape. <laughs> Throw the water uh, I'll change to over. But I think this, remember that that's the team that blanked us last year. True. Like, we didn't beat them once in five games. So they're a good team. They need a goalie. They need a little more defense. You don't defense. think Steve Mason's a goalie? I don't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I could. They could be very threatening this year. I'm gonna say they. I'm gonna say over. They finish over the okay, Jets. Over the Jets. Predators under. Right. I feel like. Do I have to say
1: under? I feel I don't like have. I feel like I have to because they went to. They're so media, hyped. Media, media, they're would hyped. Me, yeah. media would tell me. Media would tell me I have to say we finish under the mm. Predators. I'm. Some gut reaction to me just says the Predators are going to like not look good this year. out this year. I do not know why. I'm going to say over. Okay. I could be
0: completely I'm gonna wrong. I'm going to stick with under. So that puts us. I have two unders with the Blackhawks and Predators that changed on the Jets, mm. and you only have the Blackhawks right now, right? True. Uh, stars, I'm going under for sure. I feel yeah, like the Stars could win this division. Ken Hedgecock's just going to push that wall to look up so then the wild are kind of the other make or break and i think we're under them i think we're under just because bruce
1: boudreaux is a great regular season coach
0: which for me (laughs) puts the stars and or the blues in fifth Mm -hmm. which could be the last wild card team could be because you can take two from one division, mm-hmm. but doesn't guarantee us anything.
1: I think that puts us exactly where I think we are because I have them at fourth. I think it's fourth or fifth. Yeah. Other te- We could do a little bit better and other teams. Like we said, maybe Minnesota doesn't isn't so good this year. Maybe Hitchcock and Dallas isn't the right mix and they don't yeah. do that well. But from what I can tell, we're a good team and I wouldn't even say great yet at yeah. this point.
0: I think on the one end, we're one, like, explosion from a blaze or a, it's, I think that's how it's going to go down. The, the distance between the A and the Z is just going to get longer until it just fades out. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we're one, like, explosion away from him or Koston, which, again, we've talked mm-hmm. about, but it could happen. Thompson, maybe. Thompson. Mm-hmm. One of those guys has, like, a Fabry-like rookie season. Great. And we're in pretty good shape. Flip side of that coin. We are one long term injury to a Schwartz, a oh, Petrangelo, yeah. God forbid a Teresenko or an Allen from pretty much total, quick, I think total. Quick fall aside,
1: run. if Teresenko got injured for a long period of time, is that just kinda of like oh, as I a fan, I just f- kinda of go fan, yeah. well, you know, I like Toronto a lot. I think that's my, <laughs> I think that's my team this year. Yeah. Good luck blues.
0: Yeah. Um but yeah, um,
1: God forbid. But
0: If if Tarasenko does go down, the podcast will still be here. It will be painful, but we'll remain (laughs) steadfast. We'll just start every (laughs) podcast with a very long groan. Yeah, so bad news so far for the Blues. The good news is that the regular season is starting, and we can stop wondering and start finding out. Like I said, yeah, anything can happen. A big win in the first game would change a lot for this team, I think, because of how important the first game is. The Blues season starts this upcoming Wednesday, the 4th of October, in Pittsburgh, Uh, The Blues will be reconnecting with Ryan Reeves. Do you think he'll throw down with somebody? Do you see it? Chris Thorburn and Ryan Reeves going to happen. happen. I feel like it's a handshake. Yeah, I feel like it has to. Come back to to us, Reeves, please. I would love it if he came back after this year. Um, The problem is we'll still have Thorburn, so that'll be awkward. But we can just can him. Yeah. (laughs) So the Blues and Ryan Reeves will get to awkwardly watch the penguins raise yet another banner into the rafters of where are they? Excel energy. Is that them? Console console energy no, I don't something. Know. And um yeah, they will be celebrating their yet again their Stanley Cup win. Boring. <laughs> uh what are your point. predictions for this game? I think it's a three two loss for the Blues, maybe a four two with an empty netter. I would like to say something different,
1: Stephen. That seems like a really safe prediction, and that's why I'll be making it as well. <laughs> that's uh, uh, it. Feels like a thing where there the penguins will go up early uh-huh. to me and i go and we'll oh no never, yeah and we push and we go we looked really good and then lost and mm-hmm. that's fine that's for sure. think
0: i think will bury an earlier ish one kind of start off a mm-hmm. season hot and then you'll see some rando like a wade megan goal <laughs> yeah megan goal dang it i'm never gonna get that it right. doesn't matter he's uh-huh. gone soon <laughs> Some Somebody random, but you'll see, you know, I, I think it'll be competitive. I don't think it's going to be, like, sloppy or anything, but the only... The, you, you the would, only real hope is maybe the Penguins have that celebration hangover. You can jump mm-hmm. on them early, but
1: I think what you said will be competitive. You got to think for both teams too. I mean, especially the Penguins, but even us. When it's the first game of the season, it is like a weird wave of back and forth. Like we'll be really good for like six minutes. The Penguins are not going to be able to get it out. Yeah, and then for. Ten minutes, we're just going to look terrible. You yeah. know, it's a weird the thing.
0: typical boys' game. Yeah.
1: Well, I just mean like when you're when it's you're coming out of the preseason, it's like they both take a while to dial it in. So, yeah. but I think the bigger I think the bigger game for me, and I guess just because it's the home opener, and we can talk about that next podcast too, is just that Saturday
0: when Hitchcock comes back with the Dallas Stars. Gross. Yeah, it's going to happen. Ken Hitchcock will return to Scott Trade Center. Um, as you said, Saturday in the home opener. Uh, is there a game Friday or is that the second game? No, I think that's our second game, yeah. So, yeah, so it goes um, the Penguins, who are a team, and then <laughs> the Stars, who are also a team. And then we, we on a long road trip, I believe. both New York's back-to-back on Monday and Tuesday. So when we next see you, uh, which we assume bargaining unfortunate circumstances this week will be thursday the 5th um Mm. we'll be taught we'll be breaking down that wednesday game against pittsburgh opening night we'll be previewing um the saturday game against dallas the home opener and then the two new york games and uh we will figure out what we're doing with florida because that's a thursday night um and I think I haven't cleared this with you yet, but we are going to have the two of us are in a fantasy hockey league together. Thought it might be fun to discuss the teams we draft and what we think about our team going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, That'd be fun. Possibly have a fantasy hockey segment for the few of us that actually play it. So we'll have a lot going on next week, and I'm really excited to uh, do our tenth, our anniversary tenth episode. Oh, no. Uh, on the first game of the regular season mm-hmm. and I'm really excited to just get started on weekly podcast. Well, we've been doing weekly, but weekly breakdowns and just see where this season goes. <laughs> I think I'm really excited for this blue season regardless of how well we do because I think last year we were like eh, it's a transition oh, this year is exactly this what is I was like a say. transition year with some purpose like, like. like a real transition yeah, Right. and there's like we get to see young kids get a chance which we didn't really last year like it was a transition year but there weren't a lot of like youngins getting a shot you know um, I'm excited for this team and either way I'm excited to cover it uh, make sure if you haven't you follow us at two guys no cup on Twitter we're going to be Live tweeting most of the games if we're watching, you know, as we're watching them, which we will be doing most of the time. Um, you can follow me at Stephen Ground, Ian at Ian Peters. Make sure to subscribe on the iTunes or the Google Play or on SoundCloud mm-hmm. if you'd like to <laughs> go straight to the source. If you're one of those people that likes, you know, bottling waters right at the stream, then you can get to SoundCloud to
1: too you. I just want to say um, for anyone listening that you know. Keep tuning in. We hope to have a really fun season. Yeah. we're just having a lot of fun covering it. And hopefully we can just bring more just silly antics and, <laughs> and looking looking over the, the team we
0: love, you know, as much as you guys do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I this is a passion project for us. We just love doing it regardless of really whether anyone's listening we <laughs> hope there are people out there but we have a ton of fun doing it anyway so with that said we'll look forward to the season opener on wednesday let's hope the blues bring home a w for us to talk about and let's hear hope that we don't hear the sad trombone from the price is right for a long time uh with <laughs> period. with that hope in mind uh we'll sign off for the night thanks for tuning in and have a good day see ya